92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you joining us for the next three hours, 12 to 3 p.m. And you can text us, share your thoughts, share your comments on the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. We're live from Quail Hollow. The 2023 Wells Fargo Championship is underway. The first group just about to finish up. So we have a couple of golfers through 17 already. We had one already finished, just one as I see it right now. Taylor Montgomery is already done finishing at plus five on the day. But the leaderboard, it goes Kevin Streelman, who's through 17, five under, tied with Sahith Tagala. Those two are at the top, five under, Sahith through 16, Streelman through 17. And if you watched Full Swing on Netflix, Maybe that's why the name sounds familiar. Sahith Tagala, somebody that is easy to root for. So that's really cool to see him towards the top of the leaderboard. Some other notable names. Patrick Cantlay, just saw him. I don't know if he had an eagle or just two birdies in a row, but he actually gained a couple strokes here. He's tied at four, three under, the fourth-ranked golfer in the world. And he's tied with Rory McIlroy, Quail Hollow extraordinaire, having won it already three times. Gary Woodland picked up a couple strokes, too. He's three under, tied with McElroy and Patrick Cantlay as well. So that is your leaderboard right now. Last one I'll update you on. Wake Max, me up when you're done. Max Homa. Well, we're at the golf course, so maybe, right. you know, like we're here. <laughs> I mean, can we embrace it a little bit? Is that okay? Max Homa. No, I'm just playing. It is nice being out here, you know, but I got to get the tongue-in-cheek joke. Yeah, and you Ma- know Max Homa, the previous winner, he's at one under right now, and Max Homa, through 16 as well so those guys just about to finish up and uh i just want west to be awake with me so i'll avoid i'm, up, you I'm who's gonna do to some jumping off. jacks 12 10 is when we're gonna get some names that are gonna tee off here in just a moment and it is exciting and maybe maybe this will keep you up west we got a whole nice spread this time in our tent that we do we i'm got, excited about that we got salmon we got salad mm-hmm. we got noodles of some sort i don't know what they are but they got vegetables in them they look good we were talking about how maybe it's a little too healthy for Fiddy, but Fiddy, if you're not out here today, then this is exactly the type of spread that you would want if you cannot partake in the spread, right? You and know what? <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Uh-huh. Y'all were bullying me before we got on the air because you act like I don't like to eat healthy food. I like to eat healthy food. Just not as much as I like to eat unhealthy food. <laughs> when they start making diet toaster strudels. <laughs> <laughs> what flavor is that? Yeah. I would I would love to know. That's like that salad flavor. Yeah. Because he was trying to tell us that he likes the taste of lettuce and he doesn't use dressing as much. He likes the taste of lettuce. Do they have mm. lettuce flavored toaster strudels fitting? As far as I know, they do not, but you, dude, you give the vegans time. They will find out a way to make that in the... Uh, I bet they will. That I agree with. It's funny how we all <laughs> we all came together on that take. You're so right about that. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, us bullying Fiddy, he's the one that right. was looking at the rundown. First thing he says to me, mind you, first thing he says to me is, man, I'm really excited about that 1 o'clock topic. Stop being but, a punk. I looked at 1 o'clock. And there's some Hornets conversation. We got like two bullet points, okay? Just talking about the NBA playoffs, just asking the question, how could the Hornets construct a playoff roster? And he said, the way you force Hornets conversation is amazing. Like, we got two bullet points in three hours. 
Fitty is the what do you call that? Is that is that pathological? Is that what do you call that when a person is one way and then when they become what they do two to face? others? Is it two faces? They become what they do to others and they cry victim. All right, I don't, I don't. We don't have to. I'm sorry, Fitty. Look, you know what? I want to let bygones be bygones. I want you to treat me with respect and vice versa. And we're going to try to do a good show today. How's that? Is that cool with you? Maybe we'll even bring you back some salmon or something. Oh, dude, if you do that, you know. Is that salmon? It looks like. I don't know. It's fish of some sort. Is it uh, fried, grilled, or baked? Oh, it's, it's, it definitely looks grilled. It's grilled. grilled oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I want okay. some of that. I love I don't think salmon. that's salmon. No, I think I looked on there. It might have been swordfish. Uh, okay. You know we are out here at the country club. It is very ritzy out here, so I wouldn't be surprised if it is swordfish uh, all right. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I don't know why swordfish has the pinky out. Walker, do you, you get uh, do you get away because you love fish so much about eating it? Yes, I love it. Yeah, you're talking about eating healthy. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm asking, do you feel a way about eating them because oh, you love them Oh, I thought you were so talking much. about my new found. Or you feel like they serve a purpose in the food chain for we're humans. Really, we're digging deep. I just wanted to know. No, I, I just I, wondered. I like fish. I don't have any problem eating okay. fish. Yeah, I'm not. Look, man, I don't keep salmon in my aquarium, so I don't feel as bad right, about it. Right, right, right. You know, I'm, okay. I'm keeping, I just wanted like, to know, man. keeping like little small South American fish that are coming over. That's what I keep sure. in my aquarium. Not quite the same. All right. Moose said, Fiddy likes diet water. One hydrogen atom less. Just H-O. There you go. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. H-O. You can say phonetically what that spells. <laughs> Big Chris from Shelby. He said, I totally Totally agree with uh, I don't know with oh he put 50 the I think he means 50 uh, or fitty if you will totally agree with fitty why is junk food cheaper than healthy food that's why we love eating junk food oh yeah that's by design when you were looking for that cer- uh, certain word people were saying yeah it's actually called being a hypocrite that, yeah that's what it is <laughs> that one I knew that one but John, I felt like there's a deeper word uh, than that I'm gonna find uh, it. John the beer man and Bradley Blanks wrote that in all right people are starting to dig in as we were talking about let's do it as well the bus driver back to the planet Kia studio Open up the doors, Fitty. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! So we're live here at Quail Hollow for the Wells Fargo Championship. And I've been impressed, one, with just everybody else's impression about the course and how everyone holds it in such high regard, which isn't anything new. I just feel like we're getting it gassed up more than I've heard it in previous years. I'll ask you this, Wes, even if this isn't necessarily high on your personal leaderboard sure. of frequent events that are held here in Charlotte, mm-hmm. what are some of those frequent events? We want your answer, too, on the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. Some of the frequent sporting events, annual, however frequent it may be, something that Charlotte does host quite frequently, what are some of your favorite sporting events there? 704-570-9610. Man, that's a good thought because now that you say that, I'm trying to cycle my brain to think of said activities because I wanted to say all-star game, but that's not frequent. Uh, what about ACC kickoff? ACC kickoff okay, is a if lot we want to go fun. there. Yes, I do enjoy that. Events, yes. ACC kickoff. And, I, and I'll go with ACC football championship game. That's a great uh, one. to say that one. Okay, Fiddy agrees back on at the Planet Kia Studios. Also, when the CIAA tournament was in town, that was a lot of fun, too. Yeah. I know that's not here anymore, but a CIAA tournament was cool. What were some of the other ones that everyone the else? The Jumpman Classic, is that something that's going to continue to be here? Oh, yeah. Fiddy, you can speak better than that, I believe. Is that something that's going to continue on? I, I know they've got a three-year deal in place. So like, and look, as long as Carolina's in the city, it's a good idea to have them. Here's the maybe the most obvious one, though, right? It's not technically in Charlotte, but 
the Coke 600 has got to be yeah. at the top of the list, oh, correct? Yeah, though? racist. Is that, is that, can you use racist? Can you use, <laughs> I thought you said racist. That's You're right. I, I know that's what you thought I said. <laughs> I'm <laughs> saying, can you yeah. use racist? Because that's something that's always here. Like, well, right, like a normal sport. I mean, it is annual. I if get it. Annual, but to I me, racist no, is kind of like, I'm eh. with you. I think it counts. Compared to a Panther season, which yeah. is one every week, yeah. compared to a Hornet season. I'm not trying to push Hornets talk, Fiddy, I'm sorry. But just compared <laughs> to a Hornet season where you have 82 regular season sure. games, 40 at home, I think it counts a little bit more there. The Coca-Cola 600, that is something. Because you actually you get two weeks. You used to get the All-Star race, but they took that away. But for a long time, you get the All-Star back-to-back with the mm-hmm. Coke 600. Yeah, the Coke 600. That might be my answer because it is my favorite drinking day of the year. <laughs> Tailgating at the speedway. Can you last long enough? That race is so long. Well, well, day drinking, you get some weird superpower. I don't know what it is where you can just last all day long. Mine is a hangover when I do day <laughs> drinking. That's my. Yeah, but you ha- sleep during it. But you, but you sleep <laughs> yeah, during it. Yeah, but I don't want a hangover. It's awful because I get a headache. But that's the thing about day drinking that's so beautiful, Wes, is that you drink during the day, and then when you stop, it settles in by the time you're about to go to sleep, and then you wake up and you've already experienced the hangover when you're in sleep for those eight hours, however long. It's a beautiful thing. So I believe that's the way you should go about it. 704-570-9610. Looking at some of the text messages somebody wrote in. Hornets playoff games. Right. I I knew somebody (laughs) was going to come with something like that. I don't know if that happens frequently enough, but oh well. Uh, Bradley Blanks, he agrees with me. He says day drinking is the absolute best. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I love it too, especially on the weekends. And Quail Hollow. You talk about Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, those are prime day drinking days 100% of the time. Uh, Keith, or Kyle from Maine wrote in the Queen's Cup, the Queen's Cup that you have as well. And Jack said it was the CIAA. Well, what and about every time WWE comes here? You tell me. Is that? Can I count that? <laughs> <laughs> Fitty not a fan of it. Fitty telling you no, that that does not count at all. All right, last thing I want to talk about in the getting off the bus segment. May the 4th be with you. It is Star Wars Day. I am a huge fan of Star Wars. Fiddy is a huge fan of Star Wars, and I did not know this. What? Mm-hmm. I did not know this from you, Wes. Yes. But you actually like Star Wars as well. And we have a fire or fizzle edition at 145, as you hear every single Thursday, mm-hmm. where you are going to tell us whether a Star Wars character is indeed fire or fizzle. Yes. What is your favorite Star Wars movie, and just how much do you like the series? Uh, I do like it a lot. I told you in the pre-show, I've seen every single one of them in the movies. When they re-released them uh, in the 90s, my mom took me to see uh, pretty much all of them, uh, so I, I like it a lot. It is hard to, uh, God, then I'm going to sound crazy because I've seen them all, but then I can't remember all of the plots for every one of them. But the one when Luke and Darth have their come to Jesus meeting, that's Empire Strikes Back, if I'm not mistaken. No, that would be. Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Yes, that's my favorite one. Yes, that uh, is. I mean, we can take it even further. I I went to Ewoks on Ice when I was a kid. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. And the Ewok took me out on, (laughs) the Ewok took me out on the ice. Yeah, I went to Ewoks on Ice, man, in Savannah, Georgia. Wes Bryant, I'm going to need a little bit more with Ewoks on Ice. Stories. Yeah. My mom used to take me to a lot of those cool little events when I was a kid. I didn't know such an event existed. Yes. We're going to be doing, all right, so we have a research <laughs> team for a reason. We're going to go to break. I don't quite know what to do with all of this info. So I saw gonna, the Ninja Turtles in concert, too. That's awesome. I, I can see that more. I, I'll. You know what? I did see Toy Story on Ice when I was a kid. Okay. And I got one of the little alien heads, cups, 
and it had a snow cone in it. I don't know if that's still in existence somewhere in some box tucked away in a shed, but I would love to get it. Yes, Wes is pulling up a picture of a poster of Ewoks yep. on ice. And he took me on the ice and skated Wait. a lap with me, man. But Wes, those look like Easter bunnies more than Ewoks. Yeah, they, they, would, look? No, they look like Ewoks. You had different ones, man. He took me out on the ice. And then uh, skated me around for a lap. 1986 American Ice Show based on the animated <laughs> television series Ewoks. I didn't know there was a TV series Did you miss the bike? It, it gave me a kiss, too. The Ewok did? Yeah. Did you blush? Before he returned me to my seat. Did you blush? Man, I had to be like glowing five, six <laughs> at the time. All right. Ewok kisses. <laughs> didn't realize that's where we'd get to 13 minutes in. Let's but, go. But here we are. We're off and rolling, baby. It's Wesson Walker live at Quail Hollow for the Wells Fargo Championship. Coming up next, we'll switch gears. We'll talk about the Carolina Panthers. Bill Barnwell had an article on ESPN discussing the winners and losers as far as veteran NFL players go after the draft. Who are the two winners on the Panthers roster after the draft? And who are the two losers? We'll speak about that coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Somehow we got on the track of speaking of unique, nostalgic childhood moments. Because Wes told us that he went to go see Ewoks on ice. And then Colin told us a story about he's pretty sure a drunk Spider-Man showed up at his five-year-old birthday party <laughs> one time. Imagine that swinging around the city. <laughs> he runs into a lot of buildings. Right. You know, he tries to shoot for the – he sees three buildings at a time. He tries to shoot for that middle one, but it never really works out. 704-570-9610. I want to hear about unique childhood events, whether it be something on ice, whether it be a drunk character showing up for your birthday party. 704-570-9610. Let's get to a couple of the other texts real quickly. Big Chris from Shelby said, how long have you guys been geeks? Uh, I've been one my whole life. I've been a geek my whole well, time. I've never been one to fold to peer pressure, so I know I'm swaggy as it gets. So his words don't bother me. A swag yeah. daddy. For sure. Everybody's a geek about something. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, number one troll said, three-part text. He was actually the Ewok that pulled Wes out on the ice. <laughs> he remembers it. He said, it happened in 1986, and uh -huh. he said, I kissed him. Okay. Number one troll. How do you feel about that, having a really intimate relationship with one of our listeners? That's what the trolls do, man. He is doing his job. <laughs> Salute to him for being a top-notch troll. That's Hey, that's great. Um, so we also have some other events. We were talking about some of the better Charlotte events that happen either annually or you know frequently, but not as much as a Panthers game during season. Hornets, you get the idea. 480 number said NHRA National 4 Wide is lit. Okay. Yes, a lot of people get down for that. A lot of people. Oh, I got a good one, too. Um, Monster Jam. When they would come through, especially the one that they would do before school when they had it on the outside track uh, by the track, uh, uh, by the Charlotte Motor Speedway, right. that they would have that on the dirt track. Is those were great. Monster Truck Rally like those things? or Yeah, I, I liked it actually better than the one that would be at Spectrum Center because Spectrum Center, it was such a small floor, but when they would do it over there at the dirt track, man, I, I enjoyed that a lot. I used to take my son. My seven-year-old little sister at the time absolutely loves Grave Digger. 
loves yeah. the monster. Hey, you got to think, man. It's rigged for Grave Digger, man. <laughs> he always has the fastest truck. He always wins. <laughs> My son has, was hardcore into has, monster truck for a while. Has the character, for sure. <laughs> a, disc golf pro, a disc golf pro tour finale comes to Charlotte every year. Love disc golf. Okay. Yeah, huge fan of that. So I actually need to go check that out at some point. And last couple of texts we'll get to. 704 said, how about those Jersey Devils? Laughing at Fiddy. This is your team now. I, I can't keep up, Fiddy. Are you a real fan of this team now? Uh, I mean, that was the team that I settled on. I came to a conclusion when I had a conversation with Mac while we were in the bathroom. Uh, okay. I'm just going to quit on hockey. Uh, I mean, look, I don't man. know why he keeps going against the Canes. The I mean, Devils are going to be light work. They're going to get them out quick. It, it, it's it, it's been look, Fiddy. It's been a weird situation all around. It's okay to pick up a new sport. You've just been this lost puppy trying to find its yeah, way back Yeah, just come home. to the Canes, man. I mean, you, you've had a home all along, and you just refuse. I don't know why. Is there <laughs> something you have against the Hurricanes? Look at that arena that they play in. There's no way I could pull for a team that plays in that cesspool that is PNC Arena. Mm. All right, last one sure. was Patrick. It's better looking than the Dean Dome. Is that what you're going to yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and say that, Wes. One of the... Uh, yeah, but they need to upgrade that place, man. That place is a relic. All right, last one. Patrick wrote in, what time will Wes be giving his take on the Canes' dominant performance last night? You want to? I can give it at any time you want, man. But listen, they came out there, dominated. This is going to be a quick series, folks. And with the Bruins out of the way, I'm not going to come fully out and say that they're going to go to the Stanley Cup. But things are looking good right now. I'm just going to tell you that much. Uh, They hammered the Devils. They sent the goalie out pretty early. He was done for the night after the second period and uh, or midway through the second period if I'm not mistaken. Aho and the boys, Nick Jarvis and the crew, they are rocking and rolling. I think this series will be either a sweep or a gentleman's sweep and I will bow to you okay. as I say gentleman's sweep of Thank the you. Devils. Yes, 100%. We appreciate that. Alright, last few texts before we get an update on the Wells Fargo Championship from Fiddy and then dive more into the Panthers. 704 has a story for us. When I was a kid, we went to see a movie at the theater at Phillips Place. Wesley Walls was sitting in front of us, who just won the Celebrity Putt Challenge, by oh, wow. the way, just a couple days ago. My brother asked for an autograph, which he did give us, but he wanted to keep it on the low so he wouldn't get mobbed at the theater. That's a good memory. Globetrotter appearance. People That's like, a good one. Yes, That's a good one. People like going to the Globetrotters event, and uh, I believe that'll do it before we get to the update. All right, Fiddy, what you got for us on the scoreboard over there at the Planet Kia Studios? All right, guys. Kevin Streelman, he has finished his first round. He is five under. He is your leader at Quail Hollow at the 2023 Wells Fargo Championship. But Patrick Cantley, he's now all the way up. He just finished his round along with that guy you were talking about earlier, uh, Walker Sahit Tiagala. They are both four under along with K.H. Lee. Gary Woodland, all those guys checking in at four under par. Roy McElroy, who was as good as three under par at one point, he is two under through 17. Uh, so is Matt Fitzpatrick, the Swede. Um, going through the list here, Max Homa is one under par. Webb Simpson, the Queen City Let's go. icon, Let's go. he is Dubstep one under through par. Uh, <laughs> well, he's one under uh, so far through 16 on the day. Um, and as you said, you, you got some big names. They're starting to tee off right about this time uh, as well. So you got Jason Day one over, Tony Finau. He's one over. So this uh, 
This leaderboard update was brought to you by the Sumner Group and Mount Olive Pickles. So that's your first of many updates you'll find right here on the Wesson Walker Show. Listen, when the show first started, Webb Simpson was tied for 34, so now he's tied for 12. He must know I'm here. Yeah, that, is that what it is? I think that's what it is. I think he knows there's another Demon Deke in here, and he said, I need to get going. All right, big shout to Sumner Group. Also, Mount Olive Pickles have a whole smorgasbord of the pickle juicers that we tried yesterday. You can go check out that video yeah, Walker, you on our a lot, social man. media. Uh, at Westcott Range, at Wesson Walker, and at Walker Mayo. <laughs> Let's talk about the Carolina Panthers, some of the players on the roster that are winners and losers after the NFL draft. I told you in the last segment, Bill Barnwell released an article saying some of the vets who were the winners and the losers, right? Aaron Rodgers, for instance, Bill Barnwell had him as a loser because they didn't draft any offensive weapon for him in this draft. You can parse on whether that was a big deal or not, but that is just the spirit of the game. Yes. So, Wes, I'll kick it to you first. Let's go with the winner. Who do you think is a winner, considering everything from somebody might being able to take somebody's job, sure. from someone helping out that player at their position? Who would you say was a winner on the Carolina Panthers roster after the NFL draft? Oh, man, that's a good one. I would say that uh, the guys on the defensive line, whether you talk about Shy Tuttle or Deshaun Williams, we know that they were free agent signings, but that's not like they were guys that you were expecting to come in and be Pro Bowl caliber players, or maybe even even difference maker. There's just jags at this point. And so the fact that the Panthers didn't try to go and try to find a difference maker at the defensive, uh, the other defensive end spot or at the nose tackle selection, I think those guys, I'd have to start right there. I'm going to go Dante Jackson. And Dante Jackson is a winner because they didn't draft a cornerback that you feel comfortable with starting and taking his spot. And that's the route I'm going to go because J.C. Horn, it doesn't matter if you draft a corner. You drafted J.C. number eight overall. As long as he's healthy, he is good enough to hold a starting job. Nobody's going to take that from him. Dante Jackson, you could do the whole Wally Pip thing. You wonder if Carolina is already trying to fill out a situation to where they can move on after the guaranteed money allows them to move on without paying them all the dead money, which is something Carolina has been known to do quite a bit. I'm going to go with Dante because nobody's taking his job. Until Rajon Wright gets out there. Yeah, until Rajon Wright gets out there. That's for sure. <laughs> That's your guy. Maybe the best undrafted free agent for the Panthers ever. But if it doesn't work out in year one, I think Dante Jackson is a winner because he's going to hold on to his job on the outside. Clearly, C.J. Henderson and Keith Taylor did not do enough to take that job from Dante anyway. It's why we wanted a cornerback, either with that maybe 39 was too high, but I wouldn't have hated it, Wes. I mean, if you found somebody that would have fit that bill, 39 overall, I would have been okay. Certainly at 80, where D.J. Johnson was drafted, or 93, where they were originally slated to pick, then I think a cornerback would have been well worth their while. They didn't pick anyone. They drafted a safety, an edge rusher, an offensive lineman, of course a QB and a wide receiver. They didn't have any cornerbacks. So I think Dante Jackson is a winner that you could point to. I will say a loser. The easy one is Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall is the guy that you could count on as a loser because they drafted a wide receiver at 39. You just signed DJ Chark. Even if it is on a one-year contract, even if he has some health concerns as well, the projected depth chart, I still think you have DJ on the outside, wide receiver too. I think at this point, I think he could take that job over, whether it be Terrace or maybe Mingo. But I think it's going to be Thielen 1, Chark 2, and Mingo is going to be fighting for a lot of touches that might be taking away from Terrace Marshall. And if that's the case, Wes, even if you do believe in Terrace, and I believe in the ability, 
even if you do believe in him, Mingo's going to make it harder manufacturing some touches for a guy that you want him to have the football in the backfield on top of LaVisca. You have these Swiss Army knives that can do a whole bunch of stuff. I just wonder how much harder that made a breakout potential for Terrace to actually happen this season. So that's my first loser out list. Well, the thing is, too, by default, he's going to make it hard on Terrace Marshall. They spent the 39th pick in a draft, so they're going to give him every opportunity to earn some uh, playing time this season, if not the second starter. And and maybe that might be on the higher side, but they're going to give him every chance. But I wanted to go back uh, really quick to um, a winner. And I was going to say that uh, Hayden Hurst, surprise, surprise. Because a lot of people talked about and we heard uh, different pundits saying that the Panthers could have gone tight end. We know that a lot of the Panther fans are clamoring uh, for that dynamic tight end. And I think Hayden Hurst is going to be a big time player in this offense. But I think the fact that they did not draft a guy with that 39th pick at the tight end spot to have a guy breathing down his neck and a guy that you feel like eventually they're going to come off of Hayden Hurst rather quickly because they want the new uh, shining toy to play. So I'll go there. I, I think, Hayden, for me, I had a tight end position as well, but I think Tommy Trimble's the actual winner from that group. Hmm? Because Hayden Hurst, he's going to be starting tight end no matter what. It's if, true. If you drafted Darnell Washington, Hayden Hurst is going to be your starter. If you drafted Michael Mayer, somebody that I do think is probably more polished to play right away, Hayden Hurst was still going to be your number one. Tommy Tremble, not seeing a tight end drafted, that gives that guy another year Great point. to show you Great point. that he could be the tight end of the future. He still has all the athleticism. He's still the raw prospect that you did draft, and you were hoping that he could pan out by his third or fourth year, either one of those situations. So I think Tommy Trimble is another winner I would go to, very much of the same ilk, like a, uh, a Terrace Marshall was the loser, right? Flip that on its head. I do think Tommy, because they did not draft the tight end, helps him. Yeah, and then I will go with uh, a loser in this draft when you talk about uh, one of the guards, but I'll pick Brady Christensen for today because I think Chandler Zavala uh, is going to be a guy that's going to come in and be a plug-and-play guy. I just have a hunch. I mean, there's no science to this. He is a fourth-round pick, so he could come in and just be a role player that first year. But I just like the athleticism he brings. He was a late riser as far as the draft process goes, and I think that he could be a guy that could come in and replace one of those guards, especially when you talk about the injury situation. Those guys may not be ready for camp or miss a lot of camp, if not all. He's going to get a lot of reps, and if he comes in there and plays to his strengths as a player, as far as the athleticism, he's already got really good size as well and strength. So if he can come in there and acclimate quickly, this could be a guy that will be hard for them to take out. 704-570-9610. We want to hear your winners and losers on the Garage Door Guru text line. We'll get to some of those childhood memories as well. 704 number wrote, Walker, you just influenced my decision in my dynasty rookie draft right now on Mingo. Looks like Josh Downs it is because it does seem like maybe Terrace Marshall someone he thinks can take some of those touches away from Mingo, vice versa. I just, yeah, it the, the split and where the football is going to go when they are not running it with Miles Sanders is going to be fascinating this year. It's really, the, the divvying up of the football is going to be very interesting. Big Chris from Shelby wrote in, if Josh Downs had a little more size on him, he would have been a good one um, to come in and maybe help out the quarterback. they just like Josh Downs in that situation at 39. Well, it's going to be whoever gets open because Bryce Young strikes me as that type of guy. Uh, whoever gets open, that's who he's going to get the football to. It's not going to be any, you know, your turn 
turn, his turn, that turn. Yeah. It's going to be, did you get open? Yeah. You didn't? You're not getting the ball. <laughs> 704, <laughs> 704 number wrote in an easy one. Matt Corral, the biggest loser, clearly, even if he beat out both QBs in camp, he'll never get a shot due to what they invested in him and invested in Bryce Man, is what he said. Crazy if he beat out well, and it's <laughs> and like it's going to be hard, you know, but yeah, yeah, it's yes, he's a loser. Also, it was almost stacked against him anyway coming off right. of an injury. Andy Dalton might have made him a loser because Matt Corral was not going to be the number one starter out here. No. It just wasn't going to happen. But it, clearly it is a loser. I'll, I'll give you one more. This one's a little bit of a stretch, but we'll see if I can convince you. Okay. What about Brian Burns? Mm, so I'm intrigued. So if Brian Burns had a good pass rushing season, he did last year, and okay. he got more total sacks last year without any help on the opposite side. But there's still – is something holding him back from getting the total amount that would allow you to be all pro level? That would allow you to just completely blossom into, oh, yeah, no-brainer pro bowler. And it's tough out here because the defensive end position is very strong yeah, in the NFL. The edge guys it, it is. Period. But, but he has the ability to go with the crazy numbers. Look at Hassan Reddick, a smaller edge rusher, eat in Philadelphia because they had other pass rushers to help him out, and all of a sudden Hassan Reddick is out here getting pro bowl nods, right? So if Brian Burns has opposite of him YGM, who has not panned out, and DJ Johnson, who I like. Trading up for him at 80 is still Yeah, he's an incomplete. We'll see. But, but if DJ Johnson, even if he pans out, Wes, the way Scott Fitter is talking about him is that he's more of a edge setter than he is a pass rusher. So, okay, if he's setting the edge and you don't have to worry as much about pressure on the opposite side, that means you can pay attention more to Brian Burns and will still – not underwhelmed because you know me i'm a huge brian burns fan but we still won't see that 15 sack type season which is a lot but he's got that ability he has that kind of ability he might just need a little help that would be my case as to saying maybe why brian burns is a loser after the draft well i agree with you to an extent i still think his game the part that's lacking is just the down in down out dominance and being able to dominate uh the offensive tackle position we talked about that i felt like he gets a lot of sacks basically sometimes uh, uh, off of uh, a busted protection or things like that. And then you see at times he dominates uh, a lineman. But the thing is, that the difference is when you talk about the Miles Garretts and the Nick Bosa's, these are guys that are consistently driving the tackle back into the quarterback. And then when they're not doing that, they have an array of pass rush moves to keep the lineman on his toes. And I think that's Brian Burns' next step. Burns has the bend, sure. He can get around the edge. But the next step is the karate game going up to that black belt level, okay? I think that's going to become a thing on the show when we talk about defensive mm. linemen talking about their belts. But he's uh, got the karate. He doesn't have he's, a black belt? He's got, no, nah, I wouldn't give him a black belt, no, because when you look at a lot of those sacks, like I said, a lot of them are free runs to the quarterback. But it's not all about sacks, Shooting too, though, gaps. Right? Like, it's about QB pressure. He's had some dominant this games, This too, but too, that's what I'm saying, but it's, it's, it's not consistently there because especially if the lineman knows that you're not going to beat me off strength, as well, the bull rush, then I can kind of set myself up to get ready to hand fight with you because I know you won't overpower me. And I think that's the next step in his progression to where he just gets out there and he's just physically overpowering offensive tackles. So, yeah, I think to an extent, 
uh, he's a loser because they didn't get somebody on the other side. But still, it, what you want for him is a guy that helps him get more one-on-one -on -one situations. And then what I'm saying is that he needs to, when he gets those one-on-one -on -one situations, get to a point where teams shudder in fear to give him a one-on-one -on -one situation because he's just going to overwhelm the tackles. Uh, Bradley Blanks, I'm reading a lot of his texts here today, okay. uh, rumors that... Jadeveon Clowney might be coming oh, to Carolina. God. And I saw PFF. No. Well, I saw PFF talk about how Clowney to Carolina would be a good fit. Uh, see, it sounds like it sounds like we're going to disagree on this. Because uh -oh. with Jadeveon, well, he and we don't have much time. But just real quickly, Jadeveon was somebody that never lived up to the number one overall height. Sure. First, I mean, okay. there's no All question. Right, so we agree there. Well, yeah, there's no question about All that. Right. He was tabbed as... Oh, my goodness gracious. He's yes. going to be crazy. He's, he was tabbed at basically being the next oh, Peppers. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. He had that kind of potential, and it never came to fruition. Good player, though. I mean, I think, I think overall, still a good defensive end that is versatile and is amazing at stopping the run. Like, the PFF grades on him being a run, stop, uh, run stopper, I believe they have been very good throughout his career. And maybe you're looking at it right now, but I know that he's been celebrating. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just oh, saying okay. that, that the run blocking may be there, but, I mean, the run defense may be there. But just for Clowney, I'm just going to keep it a being. I, that's not what I want from him. Like, I want some of that. Sure, he's got 90 career tackles for loss, but uh, in nine seasons, only 43 sacks. That's a monstrous disappointment for this guy. And I know he's battled for some battled through some injuries and things like that. But as you said, with the hype that he came out with, you just wanted to see a lot more. Never registered a double-digit sack season in his career. I mean, you don't want to call him a bust because he was productive and he did make some Pro Bowls. But it just didn't have the impact for what you were expecting. I'd say he's one of the most underwhelming uh, top draft picks of our time. Maybe yeah. not a bust, but just super underwhelming. Yeah. I don't know that he comes in here and helps this team very much. I think he's on the back end of his career now. Yeah, I, I look, nine sacks in 2021, but certainly not anywhere close to what we all expected from Clowney. The local product, too, so you do have that angle. All right, it's Wesson Walker. We're live from Quail Hollow. We'll get to the Garage Door Guru text line on the other side of the break. Still have plenty more to get to as well. And the Campus Corner going to be coming back around once we come back from break. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Great play, man. This is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ from the Wells Fargo Championship at the Quail Hollow Golf Course. And it is buzzing out here. You can hit us up on the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. Hit up those socials. We're taking you behind the scenes. The response has been crazy. We are definitely eating off the socials, WFNZ Instagram, WFNZ Twitter, and the Wesson Walker Twitter, as well as our own personal Twitters. But we're giving you behind the scenes every day what's going on, catching Walker lacking on a regular basis, Fiddy and his thoughts. Never that. I mean, Never we that. got it going. You know what I'm saying? So now we are back, and let's head over to the campus. Kona. All right. Post-spring college football power rankings, man, this is the stuff that gets my juices flowing, let me tell you. And I'm not being facetious, facetious at all when I say that, man. I really enjoy reading this type of stuff. 
So when you look at the top, just to give you the rundown of the top five, you got Georgia at one, Michigan two, Florida State mm, three, USC at four, and Ohio State at five. And then when you talk about the local squads, Clemson's coming in at number nine. And RG3 had some interesting stuff to say about Clemson as well. I saw yesterday that he said he thinks the Tigers are going to be competing for a national championship. And then the North Carolina Tar Heels come in at number 21. So when we look at those, Walker, what are your initial thoughts on those rankings? Is it just post-spring rankings to you until the fall comes or, or what do you think about that well I mean Florida State's the interesting one here no mm -hmm. doubt you know so I think it's perfectly fine to have Georgia number one off of two straight championships they showed they can reload even after losing so many different first round picks I think that's a big deal I think also when you're talking about Michigan we've seen that they have kind of bucked the trend of them not able to get to the playoff they get last season so I'm yeah, totally they're, cool they're back where they want to be now are we cool with saying Florida State is we are not. going to be ranked number three? They're six spots ahead of Clemson, We West. are not. So I'm, you tell me. I'm going to flip it to you because you said it gets your blood boiling. Let's hear <laughs> it because I'm with you. Like, Florida State at three. If you want to say they should be the favorite in the ACC because you just don't trust Clemson and Cade Klubnik as much, okay. That's fine. But three, to me, seems very high to say, okay, it's not ridiculous. only have they arrived in the conference, but they've arrived in college football. It's ridiculous. This is almost foul line worthy. Okay. okay. When I tell you how aggravated I am by this, because the three games that they played on their schedule last year against ranked opponents consecutively, you took an L in all three of them. Then you beat up on Georgia Tech, a bad Miami team, a reeling Syracuse program. Then you beat Louisiana, not LSU, because that kind of went at the beginning of the season. I feel like they kind of caught LSU at the beginning of the year, but I'll give you that. You beat Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, and then you beat a mediocre Florida team and a very mediocre Oklahoma team. And then all of a sudden, this is the FSU team of the 90s. Just bring Peter Warwick out, why don't you? Bring out Peter Bowen, Marvin Wilson, and all the other FSU legends, why don't you? This is ridiculous. Then they're acting like the Jordan Travis is some uh, Heisman contender now. Let me know who he beat. Okay? Because all I know is when you played the ranked teams on your schedule three consecutive weeks, L, L, L. Triple LSU L. is the one. Listen, this is the one we've always That was at the I, beginning of the season. Yeah, okay, I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just saying. You asked me to answer, and I, I gave you an answer. That's they caught LSU lacking at the beginning of the year. But as I said, I'll give it to you, even though I'm giving you a backhand win right there. But I'm just not feeling it with Florida State. I watched the spring game. Yeah, they have a decent running game. But Jordan Travis, when you put the heat on him and make him stay in the pocket he'll turn it over because oh yeah in the spring game he threw a pick six and this is just an FSU team when you look at the skill talent I'm not seeing it at the wide receiver position they don't have the wide receivers of old Michael Pittman just transferred now I do like Johnny Wilson he is pretty good the 6-7 kid he's pretty good but other than that defensively Kalen Deloach he's a good player Jeb versus certainly a first round pick but other than that man this is not the Florida State of old uh, and, and I'm just not buying them so with North Carolina being the third-ranked ACC team here, and they come in at 21, we had a texture write in, oh, really, the Tar Heels are ranked, and they were laughing about it. <laughs> is that something that they should be doing? Should they be laughing? Or is Drake May good enough to at least get you in the top 25? They're not even top 20. Listen, I think Drake May is good enough to get you listen, in 21. Listen, let me tell you right now. Bold take coming here. I am starting to fall off the Drake uh, May bandwagon. For when the number wait, two when pick. were you on? You had Ryan. No, I was on at the beginning of the season mm -hmm. when he was lighting people up week after week. But listen, man, you take four straight L's to end the season with six TDR. 
I'm not feeling it right now. You got to come back and show me that you were that guy that I saw at the beginning of the season that was lighting defenses up every single week. I'm just not seeing it with Drake May at this point. I don't know if the if, if, if Cinderella turned into the pumpkin or whatever old fairy tale you want to use, but until I see Drake May come out against a quality opponent and hit him up for, for 350, 300 plus, hell, give me 250, 250 plus, four to five touchdowns like he was doing on a consistent basis. I'm not seeing it right now. His stock is down for me. Jack and so Wagon. Carolina program. <laughs> and when you talk about the defensive woes that they've had over the years, combined the fact with Drake May has kind of gotten the curtain pulled up a little bit. He showed some moments at Oregon, but as far as just him being that dominant guy that was just going to eviscerate people week in and week out, yeah. haven't seen that in a while, and I want to see it. It's fine to want more from Drake May. Except I, against Wake. I think it's good enough to, well, yeah, okay, uh, but I think it's <laughs> I think it's fair enough to put the Tar Heels here at number 21, and then we'll see what happens from there, but this is a total appropriate ranking in my opinion. Andrea Adelson and David Hale, they did talk to Drake May, and sure. he did say that he feels less pressure Cap. this year than he did last year. We can talk about that next segment. We yeah. do need to go to an update, though, back at the okay, Planet Kia Studio. So we can talk about that in a little bit. But right now, we need to hear the scoreboard up. update from Josh Fitty Marlowe. <laughs> Fitty, what's going on over here at Quail Hollow? All right, guys. Um, first off, Wes, I will respond to whatever you just Let's said go. for the last two minutes at the 1 o'clock hour. Let's do go. Four ales. Do want to say that this update is brought to you by the Sumner Group, and we've now got a three-way tie atop of the leaderboard. Streelman, Lee, and now Gary Woodland. He has joined the group at five under par. Woodland is only through 15, so he could set the pace and really uh, get, you know, six, maybe even center under par and really establish himself as the leader after the first round. Patrick Cantley still four under. Uh, Tia Gala is four under par. Taylor Moore, another American, he's now up to four under. Roy McElroy. Beth, uh, Beth, Beth Troutman's uh, soon-to-be future husband. He is three under par. Oh, no. What about Mr. Troutman? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, <laughs> they were out there proposing to each other on the golf course. Oh, so. no. Uh, Say it Le ain't so. Lucas Glover, three under par. Then my guy, your guy, everybody's guy, Seamus Power. He's a little two under par through 17. Look at that, Walker. Oh, yeah, maybe from down under an island, <laughs> Seamus Power, our favorite. No, that is something we need from you, Fiddy. If you do not mind, I would like an update wherever Seamus is on the board. And before y'all text me, this is an inside joke with Fiddy saying Seamus' name as Seamus. So that's how we will call him. That's how we will refer to him. It is Seamus Power. We appreciate the update from Fiddy. Webb Simpson, four off the lead. You didn't think I knew golf vernacular, did you? Oh, look um, at that. I, there uh, you go. Did, what was your vernacular there? Four off the lead. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I know how to say it the proper way. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, okay. That's very good. That's good. All right. When we return on the Wes and Walker show, we're going to continue this Drake May discussion and then hopefully get into some NBA talk. This is the Wes and Walker show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.